Bonjour everyone and welcome back to Casser les Lignes, the French football podcast with the accent. I'm Jeremy Magara, as usual, and I'm your host for this podcast. We are looking at match day 35 today and a bit of a different format than what we've been doing uh, in the past few weeks. We are going to do basically part one on the top of the table and part two on the bottom of the table. There is, uh, you know, only three games left in Ligue 1 right now and it's important to, uh, to talk about what's to expect for those last three match day, match day 35 was you know as usual full of action I think the the main result would be that that win from Lyon at Marseille uh, in the very last game of the weekend 3-0 pretty impressive win from uh, from Olympic Lyonnais and uh, and of course it kind of puts back the the race um, for Champions League on the cards with uh, with Marseille losing their comfortable cushion of three points there We're going to start talking about the this top, this top six, top seven, uh, and the bottom five, six, and, and we'll look at the last three games in a minute. But first, as usual, we start with some music. The first game of the weekend was uh, Strasbourg against Paris Saint-Germain and uh, it was a game important for Strasbourg because although they have a, a pretty difficult calendar to finish the season uh, starting with um, the, the champions Paris Saint-Germain they have to get results and they did so at home at Lameno against Paris Saint-Germain Lameno was that stadium where Paris Saint-Germain was struggling to win uh, prior to the, to the COVID uh, year. And, and again, they proved that they couldn't quite get the score. Um, Strasbourg were the first one to, to hit with Gamero scoring very early on. Uh, and then, of course, you know, who will make the difference for Paris Saint-Germain? Mbappé, um, two goals, his 23rd and 24th goal of the season. And one assist, his 11th assist um, of the season for Hakimi's goal. Uh, showed again, you know, the, the pace, the speed, the couple of passes in the back of the defense. One of them, unfortunately, from Strasbourg came of the foot of um, Jiku, their own defender, uh, and, and Paris was up 3-1 by, by the hour mark, and you know, you would think that that's, that's the end of the, of the day when they're up two goals and when there's only 50 minutes left to play, but uh, Strasbourg is resilient, and Strasbourg has showed once again that resilience, uh, and, uh, and we're happily uh, coming back onto the score. The first goal to, to come back was a header deflected by Verratti into his own goal. Surprised Donnarumma, but I feel like Donnarumma Roma wasn't um, too far from the ball. Uh, you, you would expect more from the uh, the European champion goalkeeper. Uh, and then, uh, we, with almost no time left, uh, a, a beautiful cross by Dimitri Lienard find Anthony Cassi at the very uh, far post, and um, the the new entrance just volleyed that ball in to make it 3-3. Again, you know, Paris Saint-Germain, just like all season, what I've been seeing and repeating, uh, they're showcasing those weaknesses, uh, you know, being being you know joined back onto the scoreline when you're up 3-1 with 15 minutes left to play is not what you expect from a team like Paris Saint-Germain but again this is how they lost in Champions League and this is how um, they've they've played all season really relying on Mbappé to to do the job uh, I mean Neymar um, delivered a couple of uh, what one assist sorry and, and one pass that brought the, the second goal so he definitely played his part as well Messi not so much this weekend again uh, Sergio Ramos was playing but, uh, but uh, his impact was I guess minimal uh, Kim Pembe could have been right carded two minutes in when uh, when Gamero scored that goal I think his Gamero doesn't shoot and falls it's probably a penalty and a red card for Kim Pembe um, so, so we're not obviously seeing as usual what we want to see from Paris Saint-Germain they're not finishing the season on a high uh, and, and again winning 3-1 with 50 minutes left to play is, and then 
considering 3-3 is just not what you expect from the French champion. But great for Strasbourg uh, that allows them to stay in the race for at least the Europa League, maybe the Champions League with a bit of luck. We'll look at it a bit later. They probably are one of the teams that has um, the worst calendar to, to finish the season uh, but we'll, we'll discuss that just a bit after the, we, we debrief all the games the, the, the second game and, and um, the last game of the weekend really was uh, Marseille against Lyon we're going to go through the through the ladder uh, so Marseille who's second on the table and who had six points um, uh, were six points ahead should I say uh, of Rennes and Monaco before uh, this weekend uh, Rennes and Monaco won and Marseille lost and Marseille lost uh, w- Pretty, uh, with a pretty bad way at home against Lyon 3-0 uh, Lyon scored all three goals in into the second half and you know a lot of talk after the game about the refereeing and that tackle um, from uh, what's his name from Dembele in the box when when Jason's trying to uh, cross might be worthy of a, of a penalty we've seen penalties whistled for that in, in other games against Marseille um, for Paris Saint-Germain against uh, Lens for Marseille so it, it kind of goes both ways uh, but it kind of it, it does you know change the, the game a little bit the penalty is not given and then uh, a free kick is given for Lyon the Marseille players complain that there's not a foul there and on that free kick uh, Dembele is the quickest to the ball uh, hit on um, um on, on Paul Lopez, sorry, and then Lukeba is the one to follow to score. Lopez asks for a foul, uh, showing his hand because um, after Dembele gets the ball, he lands on, on Lopez's hand. At the end of the game, the post, post-game conference, Paul Lopez said that, you know, if that happens on a player and, and the boots land on the leg, the referee goes back to the VR and always gives it, and now it's against a goalkeeper and it lands on a, on an arm and, and there's no um, whistle. Uh, you know, I, I feel like if it's whistle, it's... it's uh, it's okay if it's not whistle. It's okay, and and I say that as everybody you know as a Marseille fan. Uh, but yeah, and the main issue I think with the refereeing for that game uh, was probably the lack of communication, and we could clearly see that whenever a player was coming to complain to Antonio Gauthier, uh, he was shoot away or even shown a red card, a yellow card, excuse me, uh, like Paolo Lopez um, was, uh, and that probably broke the, the dialogue between both teams and and the referee. Besides that, um, you know Lyon kept attacking. Lyon has 12 shots and 5 on target and Marseille only 9 shots and only 2 on target. Uh, so Lyon kept attacking, made the most out of their uh, counter-attack and then scored 1 and scored 2 and now it's 3-0 uh, and Marseille just was um, too shy offensively to, to respond. I mean, Milik misses a, an opportunity in the first half where he's by himself at the far post. He's, it's on his right foot. Milik is left-footed uh, and he can't put it back in the goal and again, that's a, a sliding door moment into that game. Anyway, at the end of the day, Marseille loses at home 3-0. Marseille has lost um, 25 points at home this season. It's, it's a pretty high tally. Uh, and it's a tally that, you know, they might look at if they uh, if they don't make it to their objective or even if they do. Uh, because, you know, if they had gotten 12 of those 25 points, the next thing you know, they're right behind Paris Saint-Germain. So it's something to, to work on. The Velodrome is supposed to be this explosion of, um, you know, atmosphere and, and the, the real 12th man and, and scary for other teams. And, and clearly it has not been this season. Um, so there's some work to do at home for St. Paoli uh, and his men. Of course, Marseille um, has played Feyenoord in uh, in the midweek uh, in Europa League Conference semi-final. They lost 3-2 over there in, in the Netherlands. And now they're going to have to play at home against Feyenoord uh, on Thursday night, Friday morning here in Australia. Uh, so there's going to be a, a few important games for Marseille. For Lyon, you know, it was a great performance defensively. They were solid uh, in the midfield. They, they 
they did the right fight and then offensively they were able to score when they had opportunities so uh, Anthony Lopez said it best uh, in the post-game conference he's, he's a bit upset because he wishes the team had played like this all season because they wouldn't be uh, where they are right now they still have a chance to get to the conference league even more if Nice wins the, the Coupe de France against Nantes but they could be higher we expect Lyon to be higher to be honest uh, and I'm sure Anthony Lopez has the same standards for his own team uh, but that win against Marseille really keeps them up uh, and allows them to keep dreaming about European football next season and that's important um, for Olympic Lyonnais. Rennes Saint-Etienne is the next game and uh, Les Rouges et Noirs able to get the win and to uh, stay in touch with, with Marseille only three points behind Marseille after that win 2-0 against Saint-Etienne uh, I mean sometimes the stats um, kind of tell you what the, the game is right 73% position for Rennes 13 shots only three on target eight shots three on target for, for Saint-Etienne it, it was Dupra football at its best uh, for, for Saint-Etienne. Um, defensive football, transition a little bit. Aushish has an opportunity. Northern has a 1v1 in the second half. But besides that, not a lot happening offensively for Saint-Etienne. And, and I guess kind of luckily for, for Lever, Rennes wasn't in form, um, you know, wasn't attacking as, as flawlessly as usual. Maybe it's fatigue. Maybe it's because Saint-Etienne was defending so well. Uh, but Saint-Etienne definitely faced... Uh, a Rennes team that was a little bit less inspired than usual. I guess that would be the, the script for, for Friday night. Uh, Rennes was less inspired than usual and Saint-Etienne was defending. And at the end, it's a win for Rennes anyway. 2-0 um, win, two goals from a uh, young Croatian future superstar, Lovro Major, um, who's, who's shown his, his, his ball to fit basically the first goal. Um, a bit of a bit of a scramble and then he ends on his chest and he's able to volley from his left foot. Uh, and the second goal um, is, uh, is a nice-ish built and then he ends up on on major and he's able to uh to put it in it's uh oh, the second goal sorry is the, yeah, the, the tackle from mangala who uh after a good pass mangala tried to tackle to put it away and then major major is the one pushing it in it's a good re- win for ren ren has a momentum to keep on um they are going to play ren uh ren are going to play marseille excuse me next week um so it's obviously a crucial game um for them uh, and they will. They wanted to have that momentum coming up and, and coming against the team that they want to get close to. I think that they are offensively and maybe even defensively the most serious threat to, to Marseille and to get to that second uh, place because they are consistent and we don't really see where the mistakes come from if the whole team is playing right now. Naya Fagerd is back. Uh, Alendar, the goalkeeper, is actually doing some nice things. Terrier is in phenomenal form and so is Bourjo. And if somebody like Major or, or Tay last week comes into the fold, it's going to be really hard to uh, to stop Rennes. So I'm really looking forward to that clash between uh, between Rennes and Marseille. It's not next week, sorry. It's the week after. It's um, match day 37. Um, it's going to be, um, you know, kind of like a final before the final between those two teams. Uh, and I'm sure Genesio um, already has it marked in his calendar and wants his team to get the three points this weekend and then be ready for the clash against um, Olympique de Marseille. Monaco and Angers. Monaco, I guess the surprise late comer of Ligue 1, right? They struggled a little bit uh, early in the season. Then they kind of came back. Then they struggled again. Then they get rid of Kovac. They get uh, Philippe Clément. It turns out okay, but not great. And then for the past, of course, seven games now, because it's a seven games winning streak, uh, they, they're just on top and they're just lethal and reckless um, and it works for them. Uh, they were 
hosting Angers, Angers who had 60% possession, so just a bit less, 58% possession at the Stade Louis II, uh, and yet Monaco coming on top with, with a 2-0 win. Uh, Monaco who had 15 shots and 7 on target, um, and Angers only 11 shots and 5 on target. It shows you how dangerous Monaco can be. Even without the ball, they're happy to leave the ball to the other team. They're happy to play in counter-attack, in transition, uh, and they are so dangerous. Um, you know, it, it was end-to-end stuff, that game, especially in the first half, I think. Uh, Angers, you know, tested happily Alexander Nubel and Alexander, Alexander Nubel, excuse me, is finally showing um, why, since the beginning of his career, basically, he was heralded as the next Manuel Neuer. Uh, you know, early in the season, we were wondering where that comparison was coming from and we were seeing his performances uh, with Monaco. But now at the end, now that I guess the whole team is working well as well, right? Uh, now he's showing a bit more... Uh, where that all come from and, and a few more saves on his line and, and some decisive clearances and, and a, a good sense of the anticipation as well when he's facing strikers. He was able to stop everything coming from Angers, even uh, a beautiful shoot from a distance from Fulgini. Uh, and then Monaco um, finally were able to answer and where uh, got, and got the first ball on, you know, something, not a mistake, but almost a mistake from the Angers defense. Fofana was able to slalom between the defenders uh, and they need to be able to stop him. He was one middle of four and he was able to still get a shoot. And then unfortunately for Angers, Mandrea, the goalkeeper, deflected the ball on his own defender and the ball ended up in uh, in the back of the net. Uh, in the second half, Angers tried to come back and pushes, uh, but the lightning quick counter-attack for Monaco is what makes the difference at one point that during that counter-attack, they are five against one close to the, the box. So it shows you the the pace that the Monaco players are putting in this um, this transition football. Uh, and then Voland found Beignet there, of course, for the pocket striker to happily pass it, um, put it past Mandrea. 2-0 for, for Monaco, important results. They probably have the best calendar uh, leading to the end of the league. And they are, of course, in, in the best form with seven wins out of seven. Um, you know, we know that they are a team of end of season. They proved it last year, putting pressure on Lille and Paris Saint-Germain until the very end. Maybe it's their chance to um, to go back to, to the third position. It'd be, uh, it'd be a terrific comeback for them and it'll be a great way for Philippe Clément to prepare next season. Uh, and I think no one really expected them to be there a couple of months ago, but they are there now. And, uh, and yeah, we'll talk about the calendar a little bit later, but uh, it's good to see... Um, the, the club of the principality up where they belong with uh, with the top top three. Nice was traveling to Bordeaux to try and come back into that top three, and, and Nice won one zero. Uh, I was going to say at the start, um, Chabonelmas. Yeah, at the start, uh, it used to be Chabonelmas uh, for Bordeaux. It's now the uh, Groupama Atlantique. The name found mistaken. Matmut Atlantique. Sorry, I'm getting all my uh, all my brand is wrong. The Matmut Atlantique at Bordeaux is a stadium uh, that saw so many goals against Bordeaux, unfortunately, this season. Uh, just a one zero win for Nice and a very Galtier. Uh, win, um, you know, 56% position for Nice, which is, I guess, rare. Uh, 14 shots, three on targets, quite a few of them, um, you know, kind of like given by Bordeaux with a few mistakes from Kostil, um, from Amedozic uh, defensively. Um, really too many of those mistakes were done from, from Bordeaux in defense and giving the ball back uh, to Nice straight away. Uh, but, but the game, you know, sort of like miraculously was still level Past the hour mark, um, Costil did, you know, do a few saves to try and keep the his goal line um, uh, unbeaten, and, and then of course we've seen a, um, a great clearance on the line from Mensa when uh, when Dolberg thought he had scored probably. Uh, unfortunately for Bordeaux, uh, he comes off again with uh, with a bit of bad luck, and I think you know when you're in that 
downward spiral, bad luck always comes at that moment, right? Um, a Bordeaux defender kind of deflected across in the pass of Delors and Delors in front of uh, Costil just had to put it in. Uh, nice could have, should have scored more. Another chance from uh, from Brahimi at the end who skies it and, and Lotomba hitting the, the post just before. Um, but at the end, it's, it's 1-0. Uh, nice is, you know, staying in touch with the the with the Conference League, with the Champions League qualifying spot for Bordeaux, it's uh, slowly but surely um, going to to either Ligue 2 or at best uh, a relegation playoff. Uh, it's uh, it's sad for this historic club, but it is what they've uh, the card that have been dealt with this uh, season. And the last game that we'll talk about for that um, part one and for that I guess top of the table is Lens against Nantes. Uh, Lens who. Uh, kind of came back from from nowhere, came back from hell uh, against Nantes at home. The uh, Stade Bollard, we know how uh, great the the fans are at Stade Bollard, and it probably helped Lestan et Or coming back into that that game. Uh, Nantes uh, scored the first goal by uh, Moses. Uh, Moses was called from from the edge of the box, a, a great goal. Uh, he's informed the Nigerian striker, a goal and an assist last week, uh, and two goals this week because he's the one scoring the second goal um, just before halftime. Uh, Farines, the goalkeeper, saves the ball, and then Moses is the one able to, to follow and score in. Uh, Farines was the goalkeeper because Jean Willek, the usual goalkeeper from Lens, got the red card uh, in the first half on a, on a foul on Moses, the long through ball um, lands before the, the box and Moses tries to score from here and Leca just jump and, and I guess they hit each other in the air. Leca should have done better probably than not controlling his jump like this and, and hitting the striker and the referee didn't hesitate. Um, it kind of reminded me of that 82 World Cup semi-final between um, Schumacher and, and Batiston with a little bit less violence uh, fr- from Leca and he was a bit surprised that he got the red card I think Lek because he was telling the referee I don't see him and I can't do anything uh, but you, what he could have done is not jump in the air not knowing where I was going um, anyway red card uh, Lance down to 10 down to 2 goals uh, at halftime uh, great to see that they just never give up and again another another perfect uh, picture of that I think the we've seen countless example against Lille in Coupe de France is probably the first one that comes to mind uh, and again Fofana was involved in the first goal for Lens uh, a great ball through for Da Costa who scores the first goal uh, and then minutes later a penalty is given by VAR and Karim Wendo was very happy to take that opportunity and very happy to level from the spot kick um, great that Lens was able to keep their hopes alive and, and they're uh, tied with Lyon on the table, it allows them to, you know, still dream about uh, European football, uh, and it shows, you know, down, like I said, down to zero, down to ten men uh, in the first half. Uh, it shows great resilience from um, the team of the north. Um, so yeah, so if we look at what's going on at the from now until the end of the um, season, and I have a little table in front of me that, that shows it. Uh, so uh, at, at the top, of course, Paris Saint Germain, and they already won, and they're already away. And then behind, it's Marseille with 65 points, Rennes and Monaco 62, Nice 60, Strasbourg 57, and Lyon and Lens 55. So everything is basically, um, everything can happen. Um, the second spot, as, as a reminder, is a strike ticket for the Champions League groups. And then the third spot brings you to the uh, round three. So there's round three of the Champions League, then there's preliminary, and then there's the groups. Uh, and then spot number four is the Europa League, along with whoever wins Coupe de France. So if it's not, it's not. Uh, if it's Nice, that means that um, spot number five will be also um, Europa League. Most likely they're going to be over that. Uh, and then spot six would be then the Conference League um, spot, unless 
Nantes wins the Coupe de France and then spot five remains the um, uh, Conference League spot for the French table. And so, you know, everybody is really trying to kind of like fight for those last spots. And if we look at the calendar, I'll try and say it as, as, um, as, as clearly as possible. Marseille in the last three games uh, twice are away in Brittany. They're going to Lorient next week. Of course, they're playing Feyenoord midweek. Then they're going to Rennes the week after and then they're hosting Strasbourg in the very last game. So uh, definitely not an easy they, um, an easy little schedule for Marseille um, against a team that's trying to fight to avoid relegation against a team that is fighting against them for the second spot and then against a team that dreams of Europe Strasbourg to finish um, they got the luck of finishing at home uh, only them and Lens are finishing at home uh, but uh, it's not an easy uh, calendar to finish the season for, for Marseille uh, Rennes are going to Nantes first, then they are hosting Marseille, and then they're going to Lille. Uh, it's uh, yeah, it's not easy either. It's uh, it's against teams that have proven their worth, and, and Lille might have just said goodbye to their European hub this weekend, uh, but they will want to, you know, sort of still show that their pride um, with the last few games to play. Um, Marseille, of course, is, is the big one, right? Marseille at home, uh, a bit of a final before the, before the final, but... Um, Rennes, I, I think, has the chance to still get the points, albeit um, they have the, the hardest um, calendar, in my opinion. Monaco, they are going to Lille, they're hosting Brest, and then they're going to Lens. I see at least seven points there for Monaco. I see them basically winning at Lille and winning at home against Brest. Uh, and so it, it looks bright for Philippe Clément and, and his players. It looks like they have a chance to actually still that second place, even uh, from the nose of Marseille, um, and I'm sure that they are um, gunning for it. Uh, nice in uh, in sixth place, they basically in fifth place. Sorry, they basically have the best calendar out of the out of the top eight teams. Uh, they're hosting Saint Etienne first, then they're hosting Lille, and then they're finishing at Reims. So Saint Etienne, um, you know, is fighting against relegation, but I don't know that they can do much against Nice. Uh, and then Lille at this point might not be playing for anything else, and it'll be the same thing for Reims for the last game. So Nice has a real chance if they can turn it up to actually um, go and challenge for that second spot as well. And then behind them, I guess, the fight for Europa League and Conference League uh, between Strasbourg, Lyon and Lens. Uh, Strasbourg at 57 points, um, Lyon at 55 and Lens at 55. Uh, Lyon has the best chance. Uh, Lyon is away at Metz first and then they're hosting Nantes and then they're away at Clermont. Metz is almost in Ligue 2 already. Uh, Nantes doesn't have anything else to play and Clermont, uh, by that time, I'm sure their, their fate will be sealed and we'll know if they're saved or if they have to play the, the relegation. Uh, Strasbourg, on the other hand, um, they're going to Brest first and they're receiving Clermont, which kind of seem affordable, those two games, but then they're going to Marseille uh, for the last game and at that point, I'm sure Marseille will be fighting for either the Champions League spot or the third spot, uh, and so they will want to win at home to celebrate with their fans and so that's a, that's a tough way to finish for Strasbourg. Uh, Lens, although at the bottom, uh, are going to Reims and then are going to Troyes, fighting for survival and finish by visiting Monaco who again, by that stage, will probably fight for the top two. So it promises uh, a very entertaining last three rounds in Ligue 1. Um, and if we quickly look also at the at the goal difference, most teams are between uh, 10 and 20 on top of that. But then Rennes has plus 41. The, the next team is Monaco with plus 22. Uh, so Rennes almost has an extra point with that plus 20 uh, goal difference over everybody else. Uh, that allows them to be you know, over them if they have the same amount of points. So it's it's great for Rennes that they were able to secure all those uh, goals early because it obviously will come in handy uh, at the end of the um, season. So that, that's about what happened. That what's happening for the uh, the top of the table. Um, you know, 
everything's tight and, and it's going to give us a very entertaining end of uh, league and season. And I'm looking forward to, of course, uh, covering it all um, with you. Uh, we're going to, uh, again, if you're into the podcast, jump on, on part two. <laughs>